0: If I'm Johnny Rose. Do we have?
1: Oh, this is Gary from Jacksonville. Oh goodness! I guess we're done talking about this other stuff. We finally get to get in the meat of the show, right?
0: That's right. We're going to get into the meat. That is one way of looking at it. We are going to be getting into three weeks worth of episodes, which is probably sounds like a lot more than what we're going to end up getting into. But I will say, Gary, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but the spring is definitely packing up pretty fast here.
1: Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I am scrambling to watch some shows and shows that I even want to see. I realized, oh, my gosh, like uh, what was the one show where, that's on our list that I'm, I unfortunately haven't had a chance to catch up on yet was uh, Krypton. I watched the pilot, and I do want to see the other ones. It's just shows are starting to stack up. I'm going to have to adjust time.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, it, it, it is true, and I'm actually uh, at this point also thinking of which ones might not be on my viewing list for very long at the rate that we're going. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. are packing up again and they're stacking up rather. So uh, some of these shows are, are going. Um, some are are, uh, wrapping up so that might help but others are still going strong so uh, we shall see we shall see Uh, but we are going to go ahead as I said and get into that episodic discussion Uh, as usual we start off on a Wednesday night uh, shows and then go through Tuesday night that's just an artifact of how we used to do things back in the day so we're sticking to that But we'll go night by night, and we'll just kind of pick up the shows and discuss them as we see fit. But before we do any of that, Gary, if you could give a disclaimer.
1: Yes, as we um, discuss these television shows, we've tried to give you uh, at least a week, in some cases even longer, to have a chance to look them over. Um, As we discuss them, we don't hold back. We're going to discuss every point that we feel is important. We're not doing this uh, specifically to be a spoiler, but rather to just – honestly discuss every important aspect of these episodes. So if you haven't watched uh, one and we come up to it, put us on pause till you get a chance. Otherwise, uh, listen to our insightful commentary.
0: That's right. And, all right, we're going to go ahead and start on Wednesday nights. And, uh, oh, boy, yeah, we're going to start with the doozy here. Um, We're going back three weeks or so to the uh, season, possibly series finale of The X-Files, and that would be Season 11, Episode 10, My Struggle 4.
1: Wow, that's appropriate, John. I've never seen you score an episode that yes. low ever. I, I don't I can well I can think of one exception, but that's you know, in eight hundred episodes, that's pretty rare to have you below a five.
0: Yeah. Right. This one is, oh, part four of my struggle got a four. Um, which yes, that is a failing grade for those who are wondering. Uh yeah, this was absolute garbage. I'm not even going to pretend that it wasn't Um, for 55 minutes. It was one of the worst examples of kind of showing, you know how they do that thing, Gary, where they, where they kind of flash to a scene later in the episode that is Mm -hmm. supposedly suspenseful. And then you, they show you how they got there. Yes. Yeah. It was one of those things where they show you the scene and you honestly don't care because you know that it, you pretty much can predict within about 10 seconds, exactly how it's going to be resolved. So Mm -hmm. the rest of the episode is just waiting for them to get there. And hoping that they have a good like, <laughs> they have something good to come after it, and they didn't. Um, it was completely ridiculous. Um, the whole thing where Scully was medically raped, essentially in my struggle part three, again, Scully didn't even get to react to it on camera. She got to react to it off-screen, and basically her character all but doesn't even like react at all to it. Um, it's it's really quite quite disturbing and, and kind of pathetic. Um, and then they, they, we did talk about spoilers, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil something because I don't think anybody who watched it is really willing to watch it again. And I don't worry if you haven't seen it yet, you probably won't. Um, basically, you know, they've been saying for the longest time that Mulder and Scully had this kid, William. And, you know, Scully has been struggling since season eight Uh, 20 some years ago or whatever that um, with the fact that she's the mother of this child and you know, she had childbearing issues before that she was effectively infertile. Uh, There were all these things that happened with Scully that they did to her. And yet she had this miracle child, William. Well, it turns out that it's quite possibly not her child. And she literally within the space of 30 seconds. So suddenly just doesn't care about him anymore. And then to add insult to injury within about 30 seconds after that, she reveals to Mulder that she's pregnant with his child. How that's supposed to happen, who knows. Doesn't matter, because it's in the last two episodes of what may be the last episode of the entire series. It was basically a scene out of one of the worst fanfics you could imagine, plopped into the end of an episode just to kind of give it a semi-pat ending, Um, and it pretty much made most very long-suffering X-Files fans the, the, the intense desire to throw things at the television screen. It was not good at all. Um, and we pretty much, uh, in unison, as, as X-Files fans said, if they do come back somehow by some miracle with a season 12, please keep Chris Carter as far away from the writer's room as possible. Um, <laughs> it was abysmal. It was terrible. If you thought that the series ending, ending at the end of season 9 was kind of inexplicable, this was a million times worse. Um, the two revival seasons, seasons 10 and 11 had some great standalone episodes. It was nostalgia, it, was, it, it but it was still fun. The mythology episodes from these two revival seasons were horrible. They were unnecessary, and quite frankly, I think it did more to destroy and undermine the legacy of the series than um, any absence could have possibly done. So it was pretty much one of the worst uh, season enders or even episodes of the X-Files I've ever seen. So there you go. It so what you rivals- really think, John? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It rivals the episode of The Walking Dead where they killed off Carl just because they didn't want to have to pay the actor for uh, adult rates. <sighs> so, yeah, there's been some winners this year. Mm. Um, hmm. Where do we go from here? Uh, let's go to a show that's doing these kinds of doing some absurd things far better, and that's Riverdale season 2 episode 16, Primary Colors, episode 17, The Noose Titans. And no, those are the only two episodes uh, that ran during this three-week period. Those two episodes were both solid. Riverdale has embraced its absurdity in all the best ways. And uh, if you like the idea and continue to like the idea of Archie meets Twin Peaks, yeah, this show is going to be still knocking it out of the park for you. Uh, I've been giving it eights pretty much consistently this season, sometimes a little lower, sometimes a little higher, but it's definitely an above-average show to me. Also an above-average show to me is The Magicians, which had, I believe, its last three episodes over this three-week period. Season 3, episode 11, 23. Episode 12, The Fallorian Candidate. And episode Wait, 13, Will You Play With Me? And th- that ranged, <laughs> that got better with time. It started off as an 8 with episode 11, and by the episode 13, the season finale, it got up to a 9.
1: Okay. Florian.
0: Oh, so it didn't involve Nathan Fillion. No, it did not. Oh, jeez. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I know it's disappointing, but there we are. Uh, Also on Wednesday nights is uh, the Americans. I'm just going to skip to that for right now. Uh, We had the, the, uh, advent of the sixth and final season. So episode one was dead hand and episode two was Tchaikovsky, uh, Really good episodes here, uh, at least above average. Uh, Edmund gave the premiere a 7.5, and he says, Not a great start to the final season. Too many elements felt ham-fisted in force. The scene with Paige, Elizabeth, and Claudia was the worst offender. I may be biased by my love of Frank Langella's performance as Gabriel and Margot Martindale getting his... getting his Emmy nod last year, but I didn't buy it. The show has become famous for its spot-on period music montages. Crowded House was spot-on, emphasizing the space between us, but two more were overkill and emphasized how much they were showing the spy craft and not the character interactions that are the heart of the show. The central conflict they've set set up with Elizabeth seconded to a hardcore anti-Gorbachev faction and Philip recruited to oppose her feels contrived and unnecessary. The three-year jump has put them squarely into the Glasnost and Perestroika era, Elizabeth, having to take on all the spy work while Philip steps back with more time to reflect on what's going on, provides more than enough fodder to reignite the conflicts and outlook that had abated over previous seasons. My fear is that they feel the need to raise the stakes to the final go-around. It remains to be seen how that works out, and I am a bit worried. However, he said for the second episode, which he gave a an 8, a bit better this week, but there are still things that give me pause. Sophia and Gennady's shenanigans are not terribly compelling, especially after the high bar set by Nina and Martha for supporting characters. Continuing to soft-pedal seedier aspects of the work to Paige is certain to blow up later, and makes me question whether she's really cut out for this. Elizabeth is obviously overstretched to the point of mishandling the general, who was the colonel selling out Star Wars in the first season finale, but I did have to look that up. I get that they're showing how everyone's burned out and in a rut, but it doesn't make for great television, especially when it means your main character's are really connecting or aren't really connecting, um, as the case may be. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, Edmund has a pretty high opinion of the Americans and pretty high standards and expectations. Uh, I'm pretty well entertained right now, but I can certainly understand and, 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 uh, in some part agree with what he's saying, but it's still some of the best, uh, and most compelling stuff on the screen right now. That's saying a lot considering what other things we have on the list. Uh, we also have, on Wednesday nights, however, a show that is a little bit more controversial, and that would be Krypton. Um, so, yeah, three episodes have aired. We have Krypton's uh, first episode, which, of course, is called Pilot. Then we have the second episode. This is a whole
1: spaceship thing, you know, John? It's, oh, it's oh, really it's really not what you're thinking. Uh,
0: yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, the second episode was House of L. The third episode was the Rankless Initiative. Uh, I'm feeling like this is a fairly average show right now. Um, it started off in pretty normal pilot territory, which means not very good. Um, Edmund had some opinions about the uh, the pilot as well, and I'll just go ahead and give those. He gave it a 6.5, saying, "If I didn't know this was a David Goyer show, I would have felt like I'd fallen into a retold season four of Da Vinci's Demons." with Lorenzo de' Medici and now an interplanetary overbearing leader. Callel's demons, perhaps, even though it's pre-him? Admittedly, has the usual pilotitis issues, but still felt all over the place tonally. Futuristic elements mashed with dark alleys, and I swear costumes and set dressings lifted from Da Vinci's Florence. I am intrigued by Blake Ritson, the breakout star of DVD as Brainiac, but we will probably dip in and out of this one, not pick it up regularly, especially with FX ramping up and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. winding down. It's not going to be the top of the list. Understandably. Uh, Gary, you've only seen the pilot. What were your thoughts on this one?
1: Um, uh, Without in- any puns intended, I thought they did a an interesting job of world building. It's supposed to be uh, was over a hundred years before um, it explodes, so they didn't want to have super ultra fancy technology. And I, I, uh, I sort of liked the whole um, royal house concept of, of uh, that they put forward. It was an interesting idea. I don't know that I've seen it pre- uh, Superman history presented that way before, but I, I liked it. Um, I I like this idea that he's um, sort of not only he's you know not only trying to sort of rebuild his family name but also you know this whole concept of um, you know saving Cal um, uh, El as well. So, um, I thought is sort of a nice goal to have. Um, Adam Strange surprised me as a uh, as a, with the um, sort of plot device that he is, but at the same time, I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, but but I wonder if it was too much of an inside nod. Um, but yeah, I I sort of like. Where they set it up, I think everything moves forward well. Um, the idea to bring in Brainiac, who probably is you know Krypton's you know biggest enemy, I thought was uh, was nice that they're going with that as opposed to uh, staying with the sort of house backstabbing that you might see in a Game of Thrones type of uh, situation. That they're bringing in this big external threat um, I, right right off the bat is uh, is very interesting. And um, I'm uh, so far I'm looking forward to it. I'll admit that I'm uh, I'll admit to a uh, slight bias. With a show like this, but um, uh, it's—I like the uh, the boy uh, becoming a man, trying to uh, build his kingdom. In in a lot of ways, it's very Arthurian, and um, I've always enjoyed that type of plot.
0: For me, the biggest problem is that I think it's what Edmund was talking about. The first episode, in particular, is very—it's very haphazard and all over the map. Well, it is, but I think that is—you know—isn't world building? I mean, always that way, though. It just, I think it's visually all over the map. I think that it's hard to get a grasp of what this society is supposed to look like, and maybe it's because I'm not that well-versed no. in Superman lore, but it seems like it doesn't fit.
1: It's, um, it seemed a little, I, was, I will admit, it seemed a little too low-tech for me, especially as we see yes. bits of higher technology being utilized, and it doesn't seem to fit within the rest of the society that they're showing us. i I, I, I don't disagree with you.
0: Yeah, it, it also felt like it was definitely one of those situations where it was being done on, a, on something of a budget, um, only because it was so dark. Um, I just don't remember, like, I wouldn't have expected this to be the backstory, um, or what it would look like, or what the society would look like. Um, it seems like they're taking some pretty extreme liberties and things. Um, but again, I don't know the source material, so I'm just looking at it from the point of view of a show that's supposed to be the backstory of, of Superman's family on Krypton. Uh, it seems an awful lot like something that we could have seen in any property right now. It almost doesn't feel like it needs to be Superman related at all. So yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, this this was – it's loosely based on a rough version that um, Mike uh, – the the um, comic book person Mike Mcnola did um, just post the uh, burn renewal where they went back hundreds of years on Krypton, uh, much further back than they're showing here. But uh, I, from what I see, it, I get a sense that they uh, definitely took that – took those stories to heart as well as stylings and uh, brought it forward into uh, what we're currently watching. So um, – and it wasn't – was sort of uh, ill-received i think the only lasting legacy um that you might see in contemporary comic books or referenced once in a while is that uh, superman has this big suit of armor that has like an eagle on the front chest of it that's supposed to be from krypton's past that was uh, significant during that uh, sort of that period that was shown to us and that's really the only remnant that you currently ever see of that history <laughs> but um uh, yeah so i mean so they're not pulling this completely out of nowhere john but i agree with you it's uh it's set a little too close to be a grandfather uh seems a uh big stretch to get from where where we're seeing now even as you as uh as he's brought up to the uh, back up to uh, name status again um to to get from there to these uh you know these miracle cities within in in what 100 years so it just seemed too too soon
0: yeah it really does um i will say though just as a general comment that in my opinion at least the series improves over time The first few episodes are a little rough, but then it seems to kind of find its voice. So, at least as much as I've seen thus far. I'm hoping that that continues after the third episode. But by the third episode, I'm starting to get a much better grasp of what's going on. And maybe at least in terms of the house struggles, uh, those are a little bit interesting. The society's still a little bit uh, obtuse, but um, hey, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that a show needed a few episodes to find its voice. So I'll, I'll continue to, uh, to cross my fingers on that one. All right, we're going to go ahead then and move on to Thursday night. And on Thursday night, we have Supernatural. And oh boy, that was such a pleasure. We had Season 13, Episode 16, Scooby Natural. Followed by episode 17, The Thing. Both were pretty strong episodes, but by far Scooby Natural was the highlight. And uh, I gave that one a 9.5. That knocked Ooh. out the for me. Wow. You really don't have to know much of anything about Supernatural's current status. Um, it is a pretty strong standalone episode, and I would recommend it to anyone who knows anything about Supernatural. You're going to get a lot of mileage out of this one. Uh, a couple of the jokes didn't quite land um they kind of kept uh trying to kind of force a few of the the cartoon references I guess you could say but overall it was a fun adventure and definitely something that and like I said anyone who's a fan of supernatural doesn't need to be uh, up to speed on too much in order to understand what's going on uh also on Thursday nights we had arrow so we had season 6 episode 16 uh the Thanatos Guild um, that is, uh, and then that was followed by, sorry, episode seventeen, "Brothers in Arms," and uh, I thought those were two pretty strong episodes. Uh, how about you, Gary? Uh,
1: yeah, it, yes, it, yeah, no, they, they were, they were, they were good episodes. I'm just, I'm starting to, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Oliver's character, I, I don't know why anyone is still with him at all. <laughs> I really don't know why he isn't alone. And if they turn the series that way, I would completely understand it. But I think so many people like the other, the, the supporting cast that they really can't do that uh, much more, but geez, he just seems to be isolating everyone after everyone after everyone. And even with um, Diggle's sort of reproachment with them, he still basically said, well, yeah, I'm sorry, but it's still all true. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. and guess what? He's right. <laughs> He's 100% right from watching this series for uh, for, for over five seasons now he's hundred percent right and you know, honestly I don't see any growth in Oliver or change in Oliver at all really jeez, for uh, you know since about season three and um, when he decides to actually really start working with more people so I really uh, I feel like they're writing to a dead end and I'm not sure what he's going to uh, need to do. I almost feel like he needs a coma flashback episode. We haven't had flashbacks in a while. But uh, I think you might need some sort of coma flashback episode to maybe drill the points into him and have him at least somewhat change. Because, uh, I mean, as much as I you know, enjoy the interaction of the characters, most of the fight scenes are pretty uh, pretty easily staged. And I guess I've seen the same fight coordinator now do do so many of these that I pretty much can anticipate who's going to hit who and how.
0: Yeah. That's because You're not wrong. Cause
1: it feels like the same fights all the time just change the change to a different part of the warehouse and uh just uh, you know start kicking and punching and shooting off screen and um so it's so the format's getting a little uh stayed um it's becoming less enjoyable because our team isn't working together at all uh, at least to me it isn't and um i'm I'm starting to really uh, lose my enjoyment of it. I think of the uh, high I sort of hit when um you know uh, arrow two point the team came, you know, sort of really came together early on. I said, like, oh yeah, oh geez, this is fun. And I'm not enjoying it like that anymore. Even the sort of discovery of um, Oliver's past uh, at the time was interesting, but now we've uh, sort of done that. And, I mean, gosh, they could probably pull up a few more skeletons out of his closet, I suppose. But at this point, it's it's going to feel forced no matter how good they execute something like that. And um, they need to geez, shake things up a little bit, really uh, you know, do something a little bit different. For a while, I thought it was going to be the mayorship doing it or even his son coming into his life. But that's not – it's not working. So, jeez, uh, I have been just watching it, but geez, I'm not sure how much longer. <laughs>
0: wow, that's unfortunate considering they just got renewed. Uh... Uh, All yeah. right. <laughs>
1: Well, we'll see. Well, I mean, maybe they'll do always... something. I mean, how much more? How many more team members can basically tell him to go stick it? He's down to. I think he's just down to Felicity now, isn't he?
0: Yeah, and who knows what'll happen soon. Uh, I mean, this is just one of those deals where I'm going to wait it out to see how the season goes. I'm yeah. enjoying his process of falling apart, <laughs> but it's it's anticipating that they have a plan for how they're going to build him back up. So if they don't and they just continue to let them spiral into obscurity, it's going to be kind of a head scratcher how they're going to really bring things back around for season seven. But, I, I you know, we've got, what, like five or six episodes left. So there's plenty of time for them to come up with a good solution to this. Uh, hopefully they'll just push it just far enough that uh, uh, things can uh, kind of turn around in the end with it, without it seeming too, uh, too much of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, make it seem too to pat or, or too or,
1: unbelievable to come yeah, back exactly
0: yeah um, kind of losing my my uh, my language here uh, I'm gonna go ahead and skip the Fridays because we have a big show here that we all enjoy and that's agents of shield season 5 episode 14 the devil complex episode 15 rise and shine and then episode 16 inside voices and well all i'm going to say is is that we seem to be loving this show right now (laughs) edmund says of uh, the devil complex heck of an episode with fitz really getting a chance to show off his acting chops and drive events and team dynamics into overdrive cruel stuff but i kind of got to agree with fitz that it was necessary (laughs) oh and hail hydra of course she is (laughs)
1: And that took a half a point off for me. (laughs)
0: That's right. Um, Hold on, Rise and Shine, Edmund goes on to say, giving it an 8.5. Good example of using a flashback without grinding the ongoing story to a halt, while also advancing some good character developments. We learn why Hale isn't quite the Hydra Zealot she started out as, being demoted to Incubator, can do that, and think she's doing the right thing against the alien threat. Similarly, Yo-Yo and Fitzsimmons embracing invincibility is ominous, especially when you're trying to change a timeline. And this is a Whedonverse show? Happy ending? Ha! Yeah, thanks, Edmund, for reminding us of that. Uh, for Inside Voices, he said, My word, PTSD Talbot was fun. <laughs> Kalamari Matahari. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, I still outrank you to Crapton Crunch. So nice to have Adrian there back, and so on form. Phil also in top form, scrambling and improvising their breakout with a nice assist from Electro Creel. And yeah, that invincibility thing is so ominous now. I'm really worried about who's not going to make it. Yes, because they've made it really obvious that they're relying on something that is probably not true. <sighs> But man, we are getting some high scores here especially from the Devil Complex onward. Um Gary, what are your general thoughts on these three episodes and where they're going right now with season 5? Oh my
1: gosh, um, you know, F- Fitz, um, is he schizophrenic? Is he I'm not even sure what he is, but um, you know, I I understand what he did. I wish there was a better way to do it. Um, but uh, it made sense. Uh, I mean, it fits together with what we know of the history and everything going on and um, you know, you know, he was, he's been struggling with some of these emotions and thoughts, I think from as soon as he came out of the framework. And we, I want to say we glossed over it to some extent as, as, as things move forward with the time jump. But, uh, I remember he was, uh, really, you know, distraught and distressed and, uh, it's coming back now to bite us in some ways, which, uh, is a nice follow through in writing. Um, I enjoyed that a lot the, and you're right, this whole, um, we're invincible because we lived into the future. It's like a sword hanging over him. You know, it's like, a you know, it's it's like a little arrow spinning on a on a board game. Okay, where's it gonna stop? Who's it gonna stop at? Because you're right. At some point, we like to think that they are able to break the circle that they were that they were originally put into, and somehow make this make that world or lack of a world rather uh, not come to be. So so, so uh, somebody dying, I suppose, will be one heck of a sign that they um, changed it. I'm not sure who they could be or anything like that, but. Given this team's preponderance for killing off agents and bringing them back, I'm not worried we won't see them for long.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true.
1: But yeah, really, really nice. Um, I wish they would uh, get Quake off this uh, one horse. We can't do that. I can't do that. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't you know what's going to happen? She seems to yell at every third dialogue line. and So uh, maybe they're give, giving her a break so we can focus on other things. But um, yeah, the... Um, uh, what else did we talk about uh, Mac and yo-yo um that's I I sort of uh, enjoy the the space that um uh, Mac is trying to work through yo-yo with um, you don't see people uh, sort of not only have to recover from that kind of a uh, body changing injury but also this uh, the whole uh, f- you know future knowledge that she's you know gonna still be alive and all this stuff and he's trying to you know assuade her and talk her out of this whole uh, you know, I'm going to live forever kind of nonsense. And um, I, I'm enjoying his character being the uh, voice of reason within this nut house. So, um, mm. uh, that's enjoyable as well. It's at least some moderating factor.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that agents of shield right now is one of the, you know, is really killing it this season, um, perhaps really soon. Uh, it'll happen to other characters, but this has been a really solid season. And I think that it's a still that kind of dark horse that nobody really talks about very much.
1: And I love um, Phil Coulson um, being locked up. Hmm. Yeah, I already figured this out. Jeez, yeah. did you really have to take the bed? <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> and um, just as a side note before we move on to the next show, um, Clark Gregg has announced that he is in um, the new Captain Marvel movie as it's set back in the 90s prior to the Avengers event. That's right. So uh, so if you want some extra uh, not only Phil Coulson loving, but S.H.I.E.L.D. back the way it used to be, You are going to get a glimpse of that with the uh, Captain Marvel movie. That um, Clark Gregg was uh, sending one or two little Twitter pictures of him on set. So, um, yay! I kind of miss the big shield and all the all the fancy tech and uh, the unlimited resources. So, uh, I'll be I'll be happy to see a bit of that again. So,
0: yes, indeed. All right, moving on then to Sunday nights. We have The Walking Dead, Season 8, Episode 13, Do Not le- Send Us Astray, Episode 14, Still Gotta Mean Something, and Episode 15, Worth. So we're getting to the end of the season here, and we've got these three episodes, and uh, I think unfortunately, like a lot of the, s- the recent seasons of The Walking Dead, the second half of the season feels like a slow march to the inevitable conflict that could have happened a couple episodes ago, but they make it stretch out from the in- for like eight episodes before they actually do anything. Uh, let's see. Beyond that, we have Timeless, Season 2, Episode 3, uh, Hollywood Land. And then, uh, let's see, do we have another one? Yes, uh, Episode 4, The Salem Witch Hunt. And uh, let's see, it looks like, Gary, you liked one episode more than the other.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Um, uh, yeah, no, um, this is. Um, they're really. Um Moving this, you know, geez, I, I want to say they're moving back to single episodes, but there is an overarching arc. But the chunk that's in there seems to be small compared to being standalone episodes. So uh, I, I, do want to say uh, the, um, I thought the uh, the Hollywood Land with. Um, was 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 really good i felt uh obviously they were shooting on site at many of the places that they uh they were at such as you know movie studios and the uh, griffith observatory and it, it, it was a lot of fun it was really set uh set um uh, sort of back then and yeah i had the sense of the whole studio structure and everything like that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it this this whole premise to steal uh the only copy of citizen kane was a little bit stretched and um bringing uh Hattie Lamar, uh, the actress, you know, in is this uh, smart woman in the know? Which you know, she was, she was a very smart woman, and uh, is partially responsible for Wi-Fi. So, uh, <laughs> even though she lived back in the forties, so it is, um, you know. It's not without its merit, um, so I thought that was a really nice um, way to use uh, both a historical figure and sort of uh, highlight uh, an aspect that might be unknown about her. So, uh, so yeah, it was really fun and enjoyable. So, I, I, I was, uh, I liked it a lot. Um, the second one, she's, I just, it, you know, they just doesn't, they, they can't be consistent in my opinion. Um, this, the witch Hunt, was, it wasn't a horrible one, but it was just. Uh, very tropey for me to um have the um villain um garcia automatically be able to take uh wyatt's place and um just um you know go through the mission get it all done fine and dandy while wyatt's dealing with uh, a load of personal um um problems and also they're uh on top of it they're allowing changes in history while it's going. And I guess that, you know, everyone's got sort of their own personal theory about time travel and what it does or can't do or alternate realities or whatever. But for a while there, this show was for the most part, holding, holding true to history, but they're starting to allow these little changes and they're doing it just for cute effect. And, um, it just, uh, uh, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth as a, as a historian that some people might believe it's the other way instead of the original way. For example, when they get back from the Salem witch hunts, it's the it becomes the Salem witch rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no,
0: <laughs> no, well, it should think, not be. There. Yeah, the, the the biggest problem that I have with that is that once you go down that road, you basically don't even have to like. How do you be consistent then with what? The, the future is it's like there's no consequences. And so it's just going and doing whatever you want and then moving on. So it's unless there's a point to it all, it's just kind of, you know, I know that it's a fun show and maybe th- that, that it's going to be a little bit of a paradox to say, Oh, they're just having fun. But at the same time, they're just kind of going in, changing things up to be clever and then moving on without any consequences. So there needs to be consequences or it all becomes a little bit of, uh, of fan service for history buffs, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, All right. How, uh, go ahead. How are you enjoy are you enjoying the show?
0: I'm enjoying it about as much as I did at the latter end of this first season, which means uh, it, it's entertaining, but uh you know, and it's it, it's pretty solid in general. Uh it's something that I'm I'm happy to watch. I'm still trying to feel that next level that it needs to get to. And I mm. still feel like it's kind of it started off strong this season and now I I'm still waiting for them to really capitalize on that.
1: Because even with Wyatt and Lucy's relationship, I feel like there's no uh, chemistry between the cast as, since the, with the season. It just they, it just feels very disjointed for me.
0: Yeah, a little bit still. And I, and I, I was a little surprised by that considering how much this was a, really a second chance. Mm-hmm. All right, on Monday nights, we have a few different shows currently spooling out. We have the end of the season for Legends of Tomorrow. We had season three, episode 16, I, Ava. Episode 17, guest starring John Noble title there and Um. then the the season finale the good the bad and the cuddly i'll give them them points just for the title i'm not watching it right now but uh gary again you kind of said it last time you pretty much are surprised that it's coming back at all
1: i'm shocked um uh, should we leave it at that well I'll, I'll, i'll i'll just be i'll just be quick um the three episodes i ava are uh time bureau chief that um Rip left in charge turned out she's actually an almost robotic clone from like the 23rd century. And we find out that this she's actually like the 12th or 13th version because as she goes in and gets killed, uh, Rip goes and just brings back another one. Ah, okay. And uh, so, you know, any, no, but you're a real person that Sarah tries to say obviously has to fall on deaf ears because she's the 12th and. uh, Of
0: course, gotcha.
1: Not and and Riff's got nothing involved in that. Uh, the second one, starring uh guest starring John Noble. Gosh, when they said John Noble was going to be on it, I said, oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I'm watching Fringe. I'm enjoying the actor. I can't wait to see what he does. And what he does is a 10-second voiceover. Okay. That's pretty much his whole thing. He sounds like a demon, so they went back into the past so he could record four or five lines of dialogue uh, to convince somebody the demon was speaking. Because Okay. Yeah was the that was the uh john noble guest star not literally and he literally played himself walking out of his trailer recording four lines and going back that was his entire contribution okay yeah and it it didn't work anyway um then we get to the uh, season finale, which was a little bit better. Um, I felt that, geez, I wish they had done this kind of writing more often. Um, we had um, Rip Hunter actually back a little bit more prominently, and he was actually the one to save the whole day. So basically that means our entire season of ch- chasing totems was literally for nothing. Of course. He grabbed, a, par- he grabbed something, a bomb off the ship that's been on the ship the whole time and uh, basically exploded it and took the demon with him okay then so yeah the whole season was pretty much nullified and we don't know if Rip's alive or dead they said there might be a, they left a a, a tiny window of things open so given the that I know this is supposed to go mystical and dark next season it won't surprise me if we don't see much if anything of Rip Hunter next season and uh, I I, he's still probably one of the better parts of the show so I'm sorry to not see him there but he had a nice big chunk in this show and um, if you're going to watch an episode of this season for some reason uh, this would actually be the one to watch would be the, the
0: the, the season finale. So gotcha. Mm. All right. Um, also on Monday nights, we have, uh, I zombie, which is continuing its fourth season with season five or episode five, goonstruck and episode, uh, where was it? Episode six, my really fair lady. Um, I am not up to date on iZombie, so I'm going to kind of leave it for right now and talk about it another day. Um, Also on on Monday nights is a new show called The Crossing, uh, which is basically about time travel refugees from a future where there are genetically engineered uh, homo superiors, shall we say. And uh, that's about all I can gather from this show right now. It's it's decent enough. It's intriguing, but it's still very early on. Um, the, The first episode was, of course, called Pilot because, you know, creativity. And then um, the second episode was A Shadow Out of Time. It's right now a fairly mediocre show, um, but it has some potential. Moving on then to Tuesday nights as we kind of wrap up here. i get close to wrapping up. I'm going to go first with Black Lightning, which is Season 1, Episode 10, Sins of the Father. uh, Episode 11, Black Jesus, the Book of Crucifixion. And Episode 12, The Resurrection and the Light. This show continues to be a strong one for me. And uh, yeah, I still recommend this uh, first season. Even if uh, the second half of the season is starting to get a little bit conventional, I still feel like this is telling the same kind of superhero stories in a slightly different way.
1: No, it was. I bit holding back because I felt the show was getting uh, a little, little dark, very dark for me. And it, is it does it still have sort of that air about it? Oh, I mean, yeah. they deal with very serious, heavy topics, and you know, in some ways, it's very uh, Punisher-like
0: this series to me. Yes, it, it is continuing to be darker than what you're used to from the DCW. Okay. Right. Uh, also, we have on Tuesday nights um, Legion. So that has returned. That's oh, a big oh. fun thing. Uh, Season 2, Episode 1, Chapter 9 has come out, and Edmund says about that one, wow, they come back with balls-to-the-wall trippiness. Damn right they did. I can't be certain of what's going on some, okay, maybe most of the time. It may be the ultimate style over substance show, but it's all so compellingly, gloriously, and unapologetically thrown out there, so I don't care. And dance-offs for the win. <laughs>
1: dance-offs? Oh, jeez, yes, that sounds like everybody to watch.
0: Um, then we get to chapter 10, uh, episode 2 of the season, and Edmund says, the journey continues with somewhat more traditional superpower battling. Still out there, still slightly out of focus, still don't care. That's right. This one's coming in at nines pretty much between me and Edmund. We love this show. Uh, this show is easily like the best way to completely forget about everything going on in your life for about an hour because you have no idea what's going on, but you think it's amazing. Um, it's basically superheroes meet Twin Peaks, and I couldn't be happier. Uh yeah, I would continue to recommend this, but watch it from the beginning. Don't skip any episodes because you will miss little plot things amidst the madness. All right. Uh, finally we have as the last show to talk about on Tuesday nights, the return of the flash season four, episode 17 null and annoyed. Um, this was infamously directed by Kevin Smith and actually has cameos from characters that look suspiciously like silent Bob and Jay. Um, Does that mean that the DCW is part of the Askewverse? I was trying to put that together, yes. Right? Right? That makes Jay and Silent Bob uh, so much more interesting. Uh, Strikes Back, anyway, their their movie that was kind of set in Hollywood. Um, Hmm. Anyway, Gary, your thoughts on this uh, episode and, you know, where The Flash is at right now?
1: Um... Well, you know, we still got this big bad that we hadn't deal with, have to deal with, and we didn't actually get to see them. In a lot of ways, this was sort of a, a at least partial, mainly a bottle show dealing with this um, new uh, supervillainess. And um, I thought I, um, the, I guess the conflict between uh, Barry and Ralph on different ways to approach problems and resolve things um, was, um, I thought, well resolved. Unlike, um, another dcw property specifically arrow um barry feels a certain way and tells ralph he's got to do it that way ralph tells him to suck it <laughs> and uh eventually he realizes hey you know what my way hasn't been working maybe we should try ralph's way ralph do it your way really yes and then it worked out so uh you know barry was a the bigger man and realized that he does need help and that he's not always right Jeez, I wish Oliver could. So uh, I was thinking, wow, that's exactly the therapy I need to see over there. But regardless, um, so that happened, and I thought it was handled nicely. And honestly, it's sort of in the flavor or the the text, the sort of subtext of the show that, you know, Nobody's, at least in our core, nobody's really mean to each other. They get aggravated and frustrated, but nobody's really, uh, you know, detests or hates any one of the, the fellow cast. Everyone, you know, really is at heart a good person. So, and I think this uh, really emphasized that. And it was nice to have Barry not sort of be so wrapped up into himself as uh, we've often complained in, on this series. Uh, the villain um, uh, had, uh, I guess, anti-gravity power, so that was sort of nice, and um, if If it was that in and of itself, um, I I would have said it was an even better episode. We did actually did get DeVoe time, though, and um, we sort of uh, really found out, geez, if you didn't hate the guy before, you really hate him now, um, that his uh, wife, I guess guess you'd say that, his wife, he finds out that she realizes that he's evil, and then DeVoe is constantly brainwashing her and wiping out her memory about the events happening and has done it multiple times. Oh, geez, (laughs) that's a... that's that's nice and I actually do have to ask your uh, well and then they didn't stop there we had um, breacher come back to try and get Cisco to restore his vibe powers um, com- it was definitely the uh, the comedy of the episode even more so than Ralph Sandix was you know <laughs> of Cisco deciding what to do because he wants to see he wants to see uh, Bre- uh, gypsy again but uh, she's so busy and so that was a sort of interesting play i thought it hilarious that he was a fight that a preacher was fighting vampires
0: yeah that was pretty funny as was the fact that they were using his inability to have his powers based on age to be basically a um play on ed commercial yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah Uh, yeah, i caught that too and then the part that i didn't quite understand was the uh, sort of the very end when um when uh what's his name went into the time capsule or what time vault
0: yeah that's still, yeah, I I'm don't, very curious about that.
1: I don't understand that and uh, I guess I wasn't supposed to understand it, but I was. I really didn't understand it. Oh, I haven't seen you in a hundred and so many, a thousand and so many days? Yeah. So I was trying to work the to math the back. Season. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, very <laughs> uh, so, fun. yeah, so uh, uh, so we'll see that, uh, see what happens there. And uh, so, um, and uh, Iris did not mention Death once during the episode, hooray
0: oh wow that might be why I
1: scored it higher yeah Uh, well just a little plus but yeah so I mean it was a fun it was fun I think it still touched on some serious topics and uh, laid some uh, good foundation to move forward so yeah I I, I liked it a lot
0: yeah this is pretty good Uh, we'll see whether or not that that, uh, ending um, really messes things up although I have a feeling that uh, it's kind of been foreshadowed that he's going to go a little dark here. But, um, yeah, I think that right now, as you say, um, maybe they're finally coming to some conclusion with what Ralph and his uh, his purpose is. I would really like that to happen. Uh, all right, well, that is it. Boy, we had a lot to cover here in this episode, uh, but we did manage to pull it off in one, so thank you, Gary. Oh, okay. And of course, thank you all your listeners out there for uh, actually um, sticking with us as we've had some scheduling and uh, editing difficulties. But we are back on track, and hopefully next time we will be uh, just as full of commentary as the uh, schedule continues to fill back up for the spring as a lot of shows are coming to their end run through May. So uh, any last thoughts, Gary, this week?
1: I know, I just like, uh, we're we're really getting to the thick of shows, so I'm looking forward to seeing more.
0: Absolutely. And so, we will be back in a couple weeks, so
2: until then. And so ends another epic episode of The Critical Myth. If you want to leave a comment for this show, head over to vognetwork.com. Not only can you find links to the podcast version of each show, but there is a dedicated forum, a ton of written reviews, and related articles by the crew throughout the site. For the written reviews, you can even leave your own review, so let us know if you agree or not. You can also leave comments on our Facebook page, Critical Myth, on Twitter at Critical Myth, or Google Plus, under the Critical Myth Show. Any and all use of copyrighted material is only intended for discussion, commentary, parody, or educational purposes, in accordance with U.S. Code Title 17, also known as Fair Use. In other words, please don't sue us. And of course, the statements and opinions of the Critical Myth crew are not necessarily those of the VOG network, its partners, or affiliates. But let's face it, we're probably right anyway. Until next time, watch, watch, watch. read, read, and listen. and listen, and listen, and believe, and believe in the Critical, in the critical Myth.